Hey there, what's going on? Thanks for joining me. My name's Shaleen. You're listening to The Shaleen Show. And we're going to talk about addiction today in a way that may hit shockingly too close to home. But I think it's a conversation we all need to have. It's the elephant in the room. And I'm going to start with me. Today's episode, I am proud to say, is sponsored by Organifi. Organifi is your go-to source for just about everything related to your health that tastes delicious. There's so many great products that they offer. As you probably know if you've listened to the show any length of time, I'm a big fan of any supplement that helps my cognition, my brain, helps me to focus. In fact, that's what this particular episode is going to touch on. So it only makes sense that I tell you about Organifi Pure. It is clinically proven to boost cognitive connections. Like your brain is going to think better. You're going to have better mental performance, better memory. It is clinically proven to boost BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, by up to 142%. It tastes delicious. I put it in my water every single day, and I mix that with another Organifi product called Organifi Immunity, which kind of has an orange flavor, so it's kind of the citrusy, delicious water bottle. Like My water bottle is never just water because there's so many supplements that I can add to it that makes water quite delicious and healthy. Now, Immunity has been designed to bolster your immune system. It is antiviral, antifungal, antibacterial support. A delicious scoop of immunity, which again, tastes like orange flavor, will give you 500% of your daily vitamin C needs. Plus, it's got your zinc and your vitamin D3. I take a lot of supplements like you know vitamin form, pill form, capsule form, and there's just so many of those that I can do. It's so nice to have a delicious alternative that I can mix with water instead of you know trying to swallow a horse pill. I take enough horse pills. It's nice to have something that I actually look forward to. You can look forward to 20% off. Thank you, Organifi. When you go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shaleen. Again, it's Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen for 20% off. And when you do, you'll be supporting the show. Now, listen, I know you don't love ads. I mean, who does? And I don't currently have a Patreon. We could go that model, but I think that most people know that the companies that I have sponsor the show are the companies that I actually love their products. And I typically go to them and say like, hey, I use your products. I talk about them. What about you showing support for the show? And so it's just really cool when you guys do that. Just please know that it really does matter. So thank you. I think we should start this episode off with just a very general description of addiction according to the ASAM which is the American Society of Addiction Medicine, which defines addiction as a chronic disease that affects the brain's reward, motivation, and memory functions. Someone with an addiction will crave a substance or behavior to the point that they feel like they don't have control. They have an inability to stay away from it. It creates a decreased likelihood of socialization. It impacts relationships, commitments, it is likely an addiction if we're ignoring risk factors, despite our awareness of potential consequences. And it's often associated with withdrawal symptoms, like you're jonesing for it, or the more you do or take or engage in this behavior, the more you feel like you need to do it. These are signs commonly linked with addiction. Now, of course, there is addiction to substances like nicotine, alcohol, drugs, medication, and then there are also addictions to behaviors, such as looking at porn, gambling, 
shopping, video games, and social media. As I mentioned, I'm going to start with myself, but I think most of us, according to those definitions, would agree if we're not addicted, we're definitely in trouble. And we all are. And I think that's part of the reason why we don't ever talk about this is because everybody is. I mean, you go to a restaurant and every person at the table has their head down looking at their phones. Kids can't go for more than a 15-minute car ride without bringing their tablets. It used to be something we joked about that teenagers did, but now all of us are, like 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 4-year-olds. Like We're all addicted to digital devices. But today, I really wanted to address social media and the idea of becoming a social media minimalist. I've been struggling with this idea, kind of rolling it around in my head for quite a while. Shortly after I read the book, it started in, I guess it would be 2019 when I read the book Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. By the way, all of his books are freaking amazing, like literally so good. But they're good in a way that you probably haven't heard me talk much about them because I can do some of the things that he does in his books. And some of it just feels like it doesn't work for my business. I can't continue to operate in the way that I have and to help people and to keep the podcast going, like all of these things. Like, you know, a lot of what he talks about is screen time. And I'm not addicted to screen time, but I have to use a lot of screen time. I do, however, I should say, spend a lot more time on social media than I need to. Okay, so it started with that book. I digress. It started with that book, so A Digital Minimalism. And then I read a book, and I think I've talked about this on the show a couple of times, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, written by John Mark Comer, C-O-M-E-R, Comer or Comer, Comer, I think. He's a Christian author. But it doesn't have a ton of biblical references in it. So even if you are a, not a Christian, I think you'll you'll love the book. I recommend it to two of my very good Jewish friends, and they freaking loved it. They're like, how are you getting me to read these Christian books? I'm like, because it's not a book about Christianity. There are some Christian principles in the book. Don't be afraid. Again, my Jewish friends loved it. It just got some great principles in it. That book, however, <sighs> I just remember listening to it and going, oh, man, this is all accurate. And these are things I need to do. I just don't know if I have the power, if I have the discipline to do these things. And that's when it started like kind of dawning on me, like, do I have an addiction? Because yes, I do need to use social media for my business, but I sure do spend a lot of time on it that I don't need to be spending. Like I've fallen in love with a particular drug. My drug of choice right now is TikTok. Like when I'm on TikTok, yes, I'm looking for content that I could recreate, but not with intention. And that's what we're going to talk about. So for me, this episode is really about not eliminating social media. This is about creating social media minimalism, combining this the concept of digital minimalism with the concepts of cutting back on hurriedness and finding a way to be very intentional. True confession, I've been working on this for about a year, and I haven't talked about it much because that's the way I am. If I start working on a goal to improve myself, I know this goes against what I tell other people to do, but if I wonder if, in fact, I'm going to follow through on it and I worry that I might not, I don't want to fail publicly. Like I know that failure is part of success. I'm okay with failure, 
It's just like, I just, I don't want to be publicly chastised. I don't want people to say like, well, I thought you said blah, 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 and them not know like, okay, but I have my own exceptions or there are reasons why I need to do it this week, et cetera. So I've just really been trying to make sense of it. Now, a couple of my friends, shout out to my girlfriend, Anne, she literally has taken this to heart and she took a complete 30 days off. And I was like, I mean, completely off, logged off uninstall the app. And that's my only friend, shout out to Ann Stevenson, who I know who's actually done a full-blown 30-day elimination of social media diet, if you will. And she just raved about how great it made her feel. And I'd love to do that too, but I can't. I literally can't do that because it moves my business forward. I can't take 30 days off of Instagram. I teach Instagram. If there are changes, I have to know about them, etc. However, There's a difference between what I was doing previously and what I'm doing today and what I plan to continue to do better. It's a concept that Tim Ferriss wrote about in his book, The 4-Hour Body, and he calls it the MED, which stands for the Minimum Effective Dose. And he defines that as the smallest dose that will produce the desired outcome. As you know, I've talked about it generally here on the show. I've been able to apply that principle very cleanly to Instagram. I go on Instagram to figure out updates. I go on Instagram to connect with you, but I don't scroll. I don't look at other people's content. There are just about five to 10 people who I intentionally look at their content. It is for an intentional reason. And I find working intentionally on Instagram has been incredibly satisfying. I don't feel the same addiction to Instagram that I once felt. I am not addicted to the likes or the follows or any of that stuff. I'm not addicted to creating content. Even though I teach people how to grow their account and how important it is to post multiple times a day, I don't personally need to do that. I've got you. I've got great followers. I don't need to grow. I do need to teach other people how to grow their accounts for their business. So there's a minimum amount that I need to be on Instagram each day. And I've really been able to manage that and it feels great. However, as with all addictions, you can't just set it and forget it. Addiction, and I'm embracing this as an addiction, is something you have to constantly monitor. And for me, it's almost like a crossover addiction because it taps into my work addiction as well. And all addictions are things that we use to distract ourselves. And frankly, as a society, what most of us are distracting ourselves from, if it's not a past trauma or something that's uncomfortable, we are distracting ourselves from the feeling of boredom. We use it to distract ourselves from the feeling of disconnectedness. Isn't that interesting? Because most studies show that the more time that we spend on social media, the less connected and the more alone that we feel. And because we're always going to have feelings, we always have to touch base and manage these addictive behaviors. And I'm not suggesting, I'm not telling you that you're addicted, but there's a really strong likelihood that it's becoming problematic, that it's interfering with you doing the things you really need to do each day, you getting up out of bed at the time that you say you're going to, you going to sleep at the time that you really need to, to improve your cognition, your mental focus to improve your sleep, to improve your immune system. It may be interfering with you showing up to places on time. It may be interfering with your mental health. 
that feeling that you're not doing enough, that you should be doing more, or that everyone's life is more beautiful or interesting or funny, all of these things, if it's interfering, which I suspect it probably is, then it's becoming problematic. But it's like a food addiction. How do you manage a food addiction if you still need it and if it's everywhere and it's something you still need? Like in order to live, you still need this thing that you're addicted to. And so for many of us, in order to support our businesses, in order to stay connected to family, et cetera, we still need to use social media to some extent. We're going to take a break from talking about taking a break from social media to talk about skin. Because that's something you don't want to take a break from, your skin routine. In fact, you've probably been looking for something that could really make a difference other than all the topical creams and moisturizers that we put on our face. And I want to tell you about my favorite tool. It's called Brighten MD, and it's made by the company I love, Trophy Skin. This is for your eyes, your face, and your neck. So important. Like, I don't know about you, but that's where I notice a woman's age is in her neck. And you might ask yourself, okay, well, what can I do about that? Do I need a neck lift? One thing that you can do to improve your neck's appearance and your face and your eye appearance is by using red light therapy. Now, this is a process that you often have to go to. You've seen it on all the like makeover shows where they go to a expensive spa and they do this red light therapy that stimulates cellular turnover. Well, now you can own your own for less than $100. And I'm going to tell you how. It's called the Brighten MD. It's made by Trophy Skin. And you'll go to trophyskin.com and you're going to get 30% off when you check out and you use the code LIFER. So you're not going to see the discount until you go through the checkout process. They've got a lot of other great products too. And you've heard me talk about before their Ultra Derm, which is like microdermabrasion and kinetic toning all in one. It's like three spa treatments in one. That's, I think, around 350 bucks. But again, you get 30% off. Those are two incredible products, but if you're not sure, like, all right, what do I need based on my skin and my age, et cetera, just take their skincare assessment quiz, right? When you land on their site, you'll see it. It will totally help you. And I'm happy to help you with a big old discount, 30% off with the code LIFER when you go to trophyskin.com. Trophyskin.com. Thank you so much for your support of the show. Now let's get back to it. So the question then becomes, how can I use this tool in a way that maximizes the benefit from it, but it minimizes the harm that it can cause? And how can I keep myself in check? I'm not talking about like some quick life hack. I'm talking about how can we create systems like today, right now, while you're listening to this episode, before we finish, I want you together, we're going to do this to create a sustainable change. We're going to put something into practice that allows us to create sustainable change. But please know, we're going to have to revisit this. And that's okay. It does not mean that you failed. For example, I am not going to suggest that you cut Instagram cold turkey unless you really can. For me to cut Instagram cold turkey or social media cold turkey would have a damaging effect on my business. However, I can and have taken inventory of the things, the time that I'm spending on social media that is not intentional. And I've allowed these habits to slip in and build up. So initially, when I downloaded TikTok or when I started looking at Instagram Reels, even recently, I believed there's a positive return on this. I'm getting ideas for business. I'm looking for things that will inspire my own content. I'm looking for ideas to help 
my students with who are in Insta Club Hub. And these activities provided a positive return, a return on my investment of time. I would find great content, etc. However, when I applied the law of diminishing returns, it was very clear that the returns were diminishing just because I was adding more and more time. It was now creating a deficit. It was no longer a positive return. It was a negative return. And this is very true. So think about this concept. If bringing in fresh flowers into your home provides a positive experience and you just keep bringing in more flowers and more flowers and more flowers, there comes a point at which there are diminishing returns. The flowers die, the house now smells because of flowers and water and they start to decay. Simplified, it's the concept that more of a good thing isn't necessarily a good thing. And especially for those of us who are entrepreneurs, business owners, or want to be business owners, it is really tempting to justify these things. Well, I can spend all these hours on Instagram and Facebook because I need them. And, and now there's this new app, Clubhouse, and I can spend hours and hours and hours listening to that and tuning in and adding to the conversation. And it's positive because I got this one client or whatever the case may be. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, a business owner, or someone who's trying to monetize their social media, I'm asking you today to take a look at your consumption and not just screen time. Because that's kind of irrelevant, right? I mean, screen time is one way to measure the amount of time that we're spending on our devices. But I think a better way for us to measure it is to just ask ourselves, do I feel like I have control of my time? Am I able to concentrate, to focus, to get important things done? Or do I feel scattered? Do I feel fragmented? Do I feel pulled? Do I feel distracted? Do I feel like there are not enough hours in the day? And the answer to that for me lately has been, I don't feel like there are enough hours in the day, which tells me I'm spending some of those hours without intention. Another important way to evaluate this is just to ask yourself, how are you feeling about your emotions? Like, are you able to process what's going on? Have you had time to just kind of reflect on where you are and what you're feeling and What's important to you and who's important to you? Or does it feel like those things are like, ah, I need to do that, but like I just can't. My brain is everywhere. What we know is that many of us are suffering from what they call solitude deprivation. <laughs> I'm laughing because like legitimately I need solitude. Oh, I need so much more solitude. But that idea of solitude deprivation means that most of us were never away in solitude if we're always looking at social media. We're always taking in these outside sources. And in order for our brains to process emotions, to reflect on experiences, to think, to daydream, to process, to develop relationships, to understand like what's important in life or like what really matters, we have to give our brains a chance to get calm, to have clarity, to focus. And you can't focus if you're always taking in stimuli. If we just keep swiping and now it's a funny video and swiping and now it's an educational video and swiping and now it's just a random person who looks beautiful on the beach. Like our brains are just constantly ping-ponging and it's no wonder we don't know what it is we're feeling or what it is we're supposed to be doing. Again, I'm not talking about a life hack. I'm talking about we've got to do something. I need to do something. 
And so it starts today, doing this publicly, and I'm inviting you to join me. I like to think of this as a social media habit refresh. If you're an entrepreneur, someone who needs to leverage social media, I'm not suggesting that it would be healthy or helpful to take a full 30 days off, but it is possible to limit your consumption significantly for 30 days. But when I say significantly, I mean, I should say specifically. So you've got to put limits on it. For me, I've selected Sundays. Sundays, I don't go on social media. I am no longer, I'm going to tell you this for the next 30 days on Sundays, I'm not consuming, I'm not looking at, I'm not posting, I'm not engaging, I'm not responding to DMs, I'm not going on stories, I'm not watching YouTubes, I'm not watching cute little videos, none of it. Sundays, that's what I'm starting with. And it doesn't matter what the social media platform is, I'm not going on social media on Sundays. And it felt great. I'm going to do a little post on that this week to Instagram, and I'm going to encourage you to share that, to share that post, to make a public declaration that you too are going to be closed for business on whatever day of the week that feels right for you. Maybe one day a week is what you've already been doing, and what you'd like to do now is only go on social media Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, or maybe you want to take a full 30 days off. Whatever is best for you and your business and your life and your children and the season that you're in, I want you to really ask yourself, what's going to be good for me and what is the minimum effective dose? That may be different for each one of us, but I'm asking you to take a look at the post that I'm going to do on Instagram on Monday and I'm asking you to do your own version or if you want to copy that one exactly, if that works for you, great. But I'm asking you to make a public declaration to hold yourself accountable for 30 days to whatever that specific reduction is. Remember, when you say, I'm going to spend less time on social media, that's not specific enough. So I want you to give it specificity and then make a public statement. You want to make that public statement for a couple of reasons. Number one, it holds you accountable. You're going to have to do it. Number two, it may inspire other people. And number three, if like me, you have you know a community that you feel very obligated to serve, You're letting them know your boundaries and you're leading by example. Next, you've got to start scheduling this stuff. If you truly want to take control, if you truly want to be satisfied when you use social media, then you need to be intentional when you use social media. And scrolling just for entertainment's sake is not intentional. We need to embrace and spend more time doing things that allow us some solitude away from social media. Embrace strenuous activities, embrace more sleep, embrace spending time with family, embrace walking outside in the sunshine, on the beach, through the woods, through the snow, wherever you are, I want you to embrace those things. I want you to have more free time to do those things. And right now, I feel like so many people just stay glued to their phones, kids in the house, on the couch, laying on their bed, glued to their tablets. Like, It's really become a problem and we allow it because we're busy on our phones looking at social media and we've got to change that. And the only way we do that is by to begin spending more time doing things that are physical, doing things that are rewarding, doing things that allow us that solitude, allow us that break from social media. And here's the important part, scheduling low return activities, okay? Low quality 
low return activities need to be scheduled. That includes for me, TikTok, frankly, you know, I've got to schedule that time. If I don't schedule that time, I literally could spend hours scrolling reels and TikToks. And I, in the past, have justified that in my head, like, well, you know, well, I'm I'm looking for content. No, (laughs) time is up. So I'm using a timer and it's scheduled in my push journal. I live and die by my push journal. And I've been scheduling the time that I interact on social media, the time that I respond to DMs. So I've been great on Instagram, but I've slid recently. I slid when Clubhouse first was introduced and I continued to slide with TikTok. And I'm just holding myself accountable today by telling you that my time on TikTok, my time on any of these apps will now be scheduled. If it's not on my schedule, I'm not going to allow myself to do it. That's how I am able to be more intentional, to get more done. I'm not eliminating social media. I'm just applying the minimum effective dose in order to take control of my business and the focus work that I need to do. My work requires focus. There's a lot I've got to create. When the kids were little, I was in a season very similar to the season that I'm in right now where, you know, we're caring for a family member and it requires concentration. It requires the need to be present, calm, peaceful, and that's really important for parents too. You've got one shot to get that right. And in order to do that, we need to feel present. We've got to process our emotions. And if we can need to continue to use social media, as many of us do, then we need to look at how can I take in the minimum amount that's needed in order to be effective. So there, that's my dosages. Those are my dosages. Each one of us is different. You're going to have a different recommended dosage, but I'm asking you to make it public. I encourage you to tag me, not so that I am looking endlessly at these tags, but so specifically we can encourage other people to do this because you guys, like, we're in trouble. Society is in trouble. Is it a necessary evil? Perhaps, but we can affect change. That change starts with us, and it starts with the influence that you have over other people. If you've got even two followers, you can make an impact. And I encourage you to do that. So check out the post if you need one for guidance that I'm going to put on Instagram on Monday, the day that you're listening to this episode. And please know that I love you. And this doesn't have to be perfect. We're going to do our best for the next 30 days. We're going to do our best at following our very own MED prescription. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.